Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am here today with the Tinkerbell Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Millicent Ravello. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm very interested to hear about your your Tinkerbell plastic surgery <laughs> moniker that's coming from multiple directions at your hospital and the surgery center and from your patients. Why is that? I, I don't know. I had a surgeon who has since retired I used to work with several years ago, and that was always his nickname for me. He called me Tinkerbell or Tink. Hey, Tink, how's it going? He even got me a little surgeon scrub cap that had Tinkerbell all over it. Um, so to this day, he still calls me Tinkerbell. And then today I had a patient that I was working with in the procedure room. I was doing a little procedure on her. And she's like, yeah, I'm sending one of my friends to you. Or I told you about, told her about you. And I described you as like Tinkerbell with a scalpel. Because <laughs> you just, you know, you float around and you have all these little fine movements. And then, hey, you look so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally true. You are the Tinkerbell plastic surgeon. It's awesome. Oh, there it is. Um, better though than being the Tinkerbell nose plastic surgeon, which is a hashtag and if you search it, it will probably bring you to the rhinoplasty surgeons that you do not want to go to. Oh, no. Unless you want the Tinkerbell nose. Well, unless you want that. Yeah. yeah. These guys basically get rid of the dorsum, like it's flat against your face, <laughs> and then they leave a nub for a, for a nose mm. that uh, looks like a cartoon character. Yikes. Not, uh, it's not pretty to me, but... No. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about no, today. Not today. That's not that's not it. So, Tinkerbell, what we are talking about is the a little update on the deep plane facelift. Yes, because we haven't talked about it enough. <laughs> well, and by the way, it's because it's a huge trending topic that people want to know this stuff. Totally. They totally want to hear about it and we totally do it. Um, and this is just a little update because I think on the last one, we sort of honed last few, we sort of honed in on, you know, what the deep plane is. And then we had a SMAS podcast to like tell us, you know, the anatomy of the deep plane. Um, but now we're going to talk about a few little finesse things that can also be done with the deep plane. Well, and, and just for those who are just now joining us, the <laughs> deep plane facelift basically is a lower face and neck lift where the, uh, the, the SMAS, which is a uh, thick layer of fascia overlying the facial muscles, the thickened part of the face that actually does the lifting to get rid of the jowls, et cetera. The reason it's important is how you address that SMAS, S-M-A-S is the, is the acronym. The, it makes the difference in terms of the lift. You know, do you get a, a more vertical lift? Do you get a more lateral lift? Do you get a good vector? Or do you split it from the, the muscles of the, of the neck? All those fine detail points are where the battle is won and lost in terms of the beauty of a facelift. Because a lot of people can do a facelift, and as we know, you really see the bad ones and you can't see the good ones. Right. That's the whole idea is that you don't really know when someone's had a good facelift. That's kind of the idea. I mean, you can kind of guess because, you know, they're 80 and they look amazing. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> yes, that doesn't happen by the magic no. wand of Tinkerbell. It happens by the by magic scalpel. Scalpel. That's right. Um, but, you know, I think any probably facelift done in the past 20, 30 years has done something to address the SMAS. That's not new. That's all different kinds of techniques to lift it, move it around in space. Um, and that's like a whole textbook. Um, and so it's not the fact that the SMAS is being 
treated so much that it's the way that we're treating it that's different with the deep plane. Right. And so with the deep plane, it's uh, a way to really get a good lift on the jowl, clean the jawline. And and then also if you're able to split it from the platysma because the smas, that thick layer of fascia is actually con- continuous, contiguous with the, the platysma muscles of the neck. So when you kind of see these neck muscles when yeah, you're showing those, your bottom teeth. Those bands that yeah. show on your, yeah. your neck. People love those bands. Ugh, I have so many. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I just need to, <laughs> I need to go. But the point is, is that the smash is continuous with it. So we wind up doing a, a little split of that muscle from the smash, and that's how we're able to get a clean neck contour, mm-hmm. get the jawline, and lift the face. The reason that I wanted to bring up the deep plane facelift again is because I think people don't realize that it is part of a total facial rejuvenation. They think when you say deep plane facelift, it means that everything's deep plane. It means you're doing some sort of deep plane brow and some deep plane eyelids and some sort of deep plane lip lift or something. So it's not. The the deep plane facelift is in and of itself the lower face and neck. It's a jawline jowl procedure, you know, combined with a, whatever you're going to do in the neck, which there's many things to do in the neck. Uh, as well. And we could probably spend a whole podcast on just what we have available to do in the neck to make the neck look beautiful. But in terms of the upper face and the eyelids, you know, you and I prefer to do the entire upper face through very tiny incisions in the hairline, as opposed to many people who cut on the face, which, you know, we see that a lot. Um, where the deep plane facelift ends at the sort of the level of the the sideburn, they then carry the incision up onto the the face, onto the side of the the cheek, et cetera. That's not our that's not our gig. We don't do that. Um, we can. It's just, just not what we choose yeah, to do. Different, different technique. Right, and we choose to make a basically one inch incision at the temporal crest on each side of the head, get down onto the bones, and do an endoscopic. Uh, brow lift, mid-face lift, cheek lift uh, for the upper face, which really minimizes the amount of scars that you see on a patient. Right. And it really allows you to get down to the mid-face, to the deeper structures of the cheek, because a facelift alone, deep plane, whatever kind of facelift, lower facelift, like you said, addresses the jowls, the jawline, the neck, but it doesn't do a whole lot for anything above the cheekbones. So if your cheeks have started to fall, which everything does, you need a procedure to lift them. And the mid-face and the endoscopic mid-face does a really excellent job at lifting that cheek up and over. And so you're really getting a, a lift of the mid-face there as well. Yeah, it, it's very powerful. Um, in fact, uh, one of my uh, buddies who is a plastic surgeon in New Zealand commented on I, I posted an eight-month uh, video today of uh, of a post-op uh, full facial rejuvenation, a natural lift, um, and his comment was, "Wow, you know the volume looks incredible. How much fat grafting did you do?" Mm. <laughs> I said, "There's there's very little fat grafting. I happened to do some, but it was probably eight to ten cc's of fat grafting. What it is is that that mid face lift really gets the cheeks to look." rejuvenated. They look natural. And full. Full, beautiful. They don't look stretched. They don't look filled. They just look really nice. Like because it's the, it's the malar fat pad, this, this fat pad over the, uh, the cheek that you're lifting up and putting into the position over the, the, the high point, the cheekbones, the zygomas. And man, does it look great? Because that's where it's supposed to be. So, I mean, 
I say this when at, you're at 30. nauseum. Yeah, <laughs> when you're 30, that's where it's supposed to be. So you can do all these fillers to camouflage the problem, or you can fix the problem. So the problem being that your cheeks have fallen. So how about we pick them up and put them back where they're supposed to be, as opposed to putting a bunch of fat or filler in there to camouflage it. So that's definitely all part of what can be done with a facelift. But it's, like you said, not just the deep plane. It's the deep plane plus, plus, plus to get you all those other things. Right. And it's those technical differences that I think are what differentiate like the natural lift from, you know, whatever named facelift you want to say. I mean, everybody's got some name for it so that the, the consumer, the patient can identify, oh, that is the the facelift of this doctor. That's the facelift of that doctor. And it, I, I mean, I, I got on the bandwagon. I mean, trademarking and everything, the natural lift. I, I know you're going to laugh and make fun of me, and, and fine, you should. <laughs> I think that is appropriate and correct. But, you know, the truth is, is that people want to call up and say, I, I want the natural lift. They want to they say the name. They want to know that there's some sort of packaging and thought process behind the overall approach to facial rejuvenation. Right. And you know, when you have a good name, people like it. There's something to having a name, a name brand facelift. Oh yeah. And especially after my one patient shamed me for not having a name <laughs> facelift, I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm, naming, I'm it. naming it then. That's fine. You're going to, and, and literally went somewhere else and got her whole face cut up like a, like a, I mean, it's so awful. And she still is just like, I really don't know what I'm ever going to do about this. I was like, you know what you're going to do? Nothing. <laughs> There's nothing you can <laughs> nothing do. You can do. Those scars are super permanent. They are all over your face, and that's the way it is. And I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. Um, so you know, you got to ask those questions because she clearly didn't. Um, the the detail points are key. And I, I don't know. I, I was talking. I did like last week. I did like a hundred primary rhinoplasties. I don't know what the hell was going on, but it was like I got back from vacation, and it was like a deluge of primary rhinoplasties, which was awesome. But all the patients kind of were just like, you know, you, you know, you just go in there and then you, you come out and the nose is totally different and, and, and it looks amazing. Like, how do you do that? I was like, it's all technical. It's yeah. all about the technique. Technique in plastic surgery is everything. That's why you and I get into the weeds about technique on this podcast. It's why people talk about it as a marketing tool, the preservation rhinoplasty and, you know, blah, 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 this facelift and all this stuff fox eye procedure. I get people calling me for fox eye procedures all the time. Never heard of that. What is that? Uh, it's basically a canthoplasty, but it's what you do with it to make the eyes more fox-like, more almond-like, I think oh. is really what it is. Uh, and so I, in fact, I got a patient from back East who's coming for a reversal of their botched fox eye procedure that was done somewhere. And it, it's crazy looking. That's all I can tell you. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't even want to touch that one. I don't. I'm not even, no, we're not going there. All right. Well, so the, the point is the technical aspects of how your surgeon does the operation matters. It matters a lot. It's not a like, oh, I'll just go in there and get this done. And not that you can discern what it is. And, not, and, and that's the other thing that's the, the flip side of this is when patients come in and ask questions about technical aspects of the operation that I, I could answer it, and they will have absolutely no, no idea, idea what, I'm talking what we're about. talking about. Yeah, it's like if I were to go to the like mechanic and be like, "So, how exactly did you fix that problem?" <laughs> like, 
what he would say would mean anything to me. I would just be like, oh, okay, sounds good. Because <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> so that, that but is But is the funny. car fixed? Okay, thank you. <laughs> and, and I do get those patients, especially in revision rhinoplasty, when they've gotten skunked by their first procedure, they come in and they say, I think you need to put a spreader graft here. You need to do this and do that. And they go through it and I go, well don't you think that we should just do some sort of other dorsal reconstruction graft? Like maybe we should divide the septum and then uh, stagger it and put a, a different differential graft from the lower part. And they go, huh? uh, uh, it's like when you've only memorized yes. <laughs> that one phrase in a foreign language and you say it and the person comes back to you speaking like an entire paragraph. <laughs> and they're just you're like, like uh, yeah. Could you speak English no, instead? Uh, Cause I don't know. Millicent. That's all I got. <laughs> Noose alons alaplagy. I don't know what you're saying. That's not French. Um, but that's the thing is that you do want to understand that when you're, you know, basically going to somebody to have them operate on you and you say, I'd like a deep plane facelift. Well, that's great. Look at the before and afters, ask where the incisions are going to be. Ask how, what the scars are. Like, those things are important. How they do the facelift or whatever. Whether they, I don't even know that it's important that they do a deep plane facelift. Do a, do a smass flap. Do a smass plication. Do a smassectomy. I don't care which one it is as long as it looks great. And it, it, was, uh, it was interesting because when I was at that facelift course, uh, well, the facelift uh, extravaganza in Berlin with Vladimir Mitz, one of the guys did present like, this is a, a plication. This is a, a deep plane. I'm going to show you, you know, 10, and I want you to tell me which one's which. And, and half of them are deep planes and half of them are plications. And he would put one up and I'd be like, that's a plication. He'd be like, yes. <laughs> he'd be like, they put one up. He goes, that, I go, that's a deep plane. So I could tell yeah. because it was obvious which was which to me. To you. All the facelifts looked amazing. Right. It was just, but that but I, because I know what to look for and what the technique is, that every one of the facelifts he put up looked incredible. They were so good. And that's awesome because it doesn't really matter what the technique is if you, you understand that yeah. you have a good surgeon, that you like their results. Period. But we say story. every time. We do say that every time. Because it's true. It's true. It's, it's you gotta still like true. the results. You gotta like the results. I mean, it's true. Like that is the key. Um, so that was all. I just wanted to kind of update everybody on that because I, I get a lot of chatter in the background about like, oh, you know, well, every, who's doing deep plane? Well, you know, a lot of people are. But you know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, my friend uh, Richard Hansen was here today from Ireland, and he he spent some time with a few of the surgeons around the country, and he says there's nobody in Ireland doing the deep plane facelift. So he is going to be the guy doing the deep plane. You know, he's gone with, you know, Andrew Giacono in, in New York and, and he's hung out with, uh, with, he came to see Ben. And so it's like, uh, well, you know, that'll be great. You'll be great. As long as you do a good job. People you know? will love it. And he's a really good surgeon. So I'm sure that he will do a good job. He does a lot of noses and he's like, you know, I need to get into this. Like I'm getting older. My patients are getting older. I said, absolutely. That That's happens to that all works. of us. Yeah. I know it happens to all of us where all of a sudden it's like, everybody wants a facelift. I'll be I'll be on that train very soon. <laughs> uh, so, anything else about deep plane? Nope, that's it. I think that's all, Tinkerbell. Yes. All right, cool. Well, then this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the nine hundred two one zero. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Doctor Ravello or myself. 
This is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Uh